0: I'm
1: stoked that we're doing this. Is it cold in Florida?
2: I mean, to me, it's cold. It's like 70 degrees. Yeah,
1: I was going to say 70 is cold for me too out here. That would be a lot, but it's warm today for sure. But you look bundled up. Definitely don't look like you're in Florida. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm a super baby. Where are you coming from in Florida? Because it's funny because Monica also came from Florida uh, my last episode. She was in Orlando, though. But where are you?
2: I'm in Delray Beach. which is like an hour north of Miami, right on the East Coast, and like two and a half hours southeast of Orlando.
1: Okay. For this podcast episode, I kind of just want to have a conversation and see where it leads us. Just as a background for people who are listening, based off of how we've met, this is our only second time ever speaking in, quote, person, but like face to face. Um, Mm -hmm. Cruz and I met on Instagram, actually. Uh, I meant to look that up of when I started following you, but basically, um, Cruz is a mutual friend. We have mutual friends, um, Cole and charisma who charisma will be on the podcast in March. So we'll, um, meet her and them, but they always posted with you. And I was like, who is this guy? And so then I started following you, saw that you did art stuff, blah, blah, blah and Cruz and I would basically just chat through like Instagram stories like we'd respond to each other's stuff or whatever so when I relaunched the podcast you were one of the people that came to mind of somebody that I would love to sit down and have a conversation with because I find you extremely interesting and so yeah I reached out to Cruz and he was down and so here we are
2: now we are here I know Cruzy baby and Elizabeth Khalifa the yeah one right and only. <laughs> I appreciate you uh invite me on I'm excited to. To have a convo and see see what we get out of here.
1: I'm pumped. Essentially, I want to know about you. I want to know your story. I want to know how you got into art. I want to know all this crazy stuff that you post on social media. So I guess I'll let you kind of take it away and introduce yourself. And we can go from there.
2: All right. That makes
1: sense or whatever we want to do. We just roll with it.
2: Cool. Yeah. I'm big with rolling with it. So here we go. (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: Yeah. So my name is Cruz Bogle. Uh, I am thirty two year old living in sunny South Florida, as you can tell with my jacket um and yeah, I suffered a spinal cord injury thirteen years ago, a little over thirteen years ago, um which you know drastically changed the trajectory of my life and like my family's life as a whole um but yeah it's uh it's kind of something that you know when it happens. It's like obviously the worst, pretty much one of the worst things that can happen.
1: Yeah, um, cannot imagine. Not
2: not not just to me, but you know, like mm-hmm. like I said, my family is is extremely affected because they have to shift their whole life to be able to you know compensate and, and help me out where I need it, which was everywhere initially. Um, so yeah, huge huge life change, um, and I was 19 years old, so it was like you know, just becoming a quote-unquote man, you know, I just had one semester away at college, that was my first time not living at home with my parents, so it was was a, like, a big transition period to, like, becoming my own person, and then something like this happens, and it just kind of catapulted me back to, like, being, like, a young, like, a toddler again, you know, yeah, taking care of, and, like, Mm -hmm. everything, um, so, yeah, that was, that was, uh, the largest event of my life. Um, but yeah, I've come a long way. I now live on my own, uh, with my cousin actually. So not completely on my own, but out of my parents' house, um, I've got a couple little entrepreneurial endeavors yeah. uh, with art and apparel company, uh, working on a couple other things. And yeah, so that's kind of, I guess a broad touch on myself. Um, mm-hmm. I got my name Cruz because my parents uh, grew up on the water, often on the water. Uh, my dad's a big sailor. Uh, so I was born on a two year sailing trip from Maine down no to way. Venezuela. Yeah.
1: You were born on a boat?
2: Well, I wasn't technically born on the boat. Oh, but okay.
1: I was like, what?
2: Yeah, no. They were, I mean, I was conceived. <laughs> no, still, yeah. probably conceived probably on the boat. And then we were down in Venezuela. My mom was stopping off and, like, checking uh, hospitals on the way, different different islands and whatnot. So I was actually yeah. born born on the island of Bonaire, which is right off the coast of Venezuela. Okay. And, yeah, we were there for two weeks, I think, and then right back on the boat and sailed right back up to Maine. And that's how I got the name Cruise because people would see my mom's belly on the trip and be like, oh, how's the little cruiser doing? Living on island time when you're down in the Caribbean, in the Bahamas, it's just, like, there's just – There's no worries, you know, like you really don't have like anything you need to do. You're just kind of like, oh, do we want to pop into the beach today? Do we want to sail over to this other key or this other island and just kind of like kick it and like life is good.
1: That's awesome. I don't know how much you want to get into it or if you're like comfortable sharing your story of your accident or trans like that whole thing. But I'm genuinely curious. Um, But again, it's like completely up to you what you're comfortable with kind of sharing yeah. Um,
2: I told you I'm an open book. If, yeah. Is... I know. the
1: way you, Yeah. The way you post, <laughs> I figured, but I just wanted to ask, but you yeah, know, I'm curious. And then I want to hear about that. Um, obviously you touched on it a little bit, but I want to know.
2: All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was unfortunately at a funeral for a friend the day I had my accident and we went a handful of my friends and I went to the beach after the funeral just to kick it and hang out and chat and uh, a friend of mine brought his skimboard, and you know we were there for, I don't know, a couple hours and started skimboarding and just went down for a wave to throw a spray, and I leaned back just a little too far, I guess, and I fell off the board, hit the back of my head on the sand, and immediately shattered my C4 vertebrae. Uh, And I, I woke up, I think I was knocked out for probably just a couple of seconds, but I woke up, like, face down in the water, couldn't move, and I'm just thinking in my head, like, I must have been dazed from being knocked out. I don't know if I had a concussion or what, but um, I remember like laying face down in the water. Like, wow! Like, I was I was fairly calm, mm-hmm. and I just remember being like, "Wow! Like, this is it! Like, I'm about to go see my buddy who just passed away. Like, I'm not going to be able to, you know, get that a was your
1: thought? Oh yeah, yeah, I, cause, yeah,
2: yeah. That was like the one thought that came to my head. I wasn't freaking out. Like, I think. Well, my initial thought was like, "I can't move. Like, what the hell is this?" And then. Um, calmly, just thought to myself, like, "Wow, this is it." And then a wave, wow. fl- a wave flipped me over. I got a breath, and that kind of like was like a reality slap to the face. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I'm still here. Like, this is this is real. This is happening. And then luckily, a friend of mine who I was skimboarding with uh, saw me and saw that like, you know, I wasn't fucking around or joking or anything. Yeah. So he came, pulled me up onto the beach. Uh, paramedics came. And I did a two and a half week stint in Delray Medical Center, which is just a local hospital here. They did a like an eight, six or eight hour uh, spinal fusion surgery and fused my C three vertebrae to my C five. And then I was flown up to uh, the Shepherd Center in Atlanta, Georgia, which is like one of the top three, I believe, rehab centers for like spinal cord injuries and brain injuries okay. in the country. Uh, I was there for like two and a half months and my family was there pretty much the whole time. And they really just teach you everything you need to know about how to take care of yourself. Like the, it's almost like school in a way, like you do physical therapy, occupational therapy, mm-hmm. speech therapy. Um, and then they all also offer classes like art classes and stuff. And that's actually how I got into art.
1: That is, yeah. I'm, I was going to bring that up eventually. Yeah. I wanted to know how they, Okay.
2: Yeah. Interesting. We, yeah. Yeah. We can touch on that. Yeah. A yeah. Later. But um, but anyway, yeah, keep going. Yeah. So they, they just teach you everything you need to know um, was there for two and a half months. And it was like, I don't know. I think it's the way I was raised, the way my family is. And just like humor is a huge part of everything. Uh, and, you know, that kind of lightens the mood when things mm-hmm. get intense like this. It's fairly intense. Uh Yeah. Yeah, so it was just like, I don't know. I never really got down, was never super depressed. Like, you know, obviously it was really inconvenient and it sucked. But like, yeah, for the first long time, actually, I didn't. I think we talked about toxic positivity yeah. on our last call. Yeah. And that like right off of the bat, I think was what I was doing. I just mm. didn't want to come to terms with it. Like now thinking back, I remember, you know, a couple of people who had had spinal cord injuries for a few years had reached out to me or come into my room at the hospital and, you know, kind of like, Hey, like, you know, I've, I've been injured for a while. I don't know what you're going through. And like, you know, I'm a 19 year old kid who like yeah a month or two into break, breaking my neck. And I'm like, dude, really? Like you don't know what the fuck I'm going through. Like, yeah, I'm not like, we're, we're not the same, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not going to be like a, a quadriplegic or paralyzed like you. And that's kind of, just not coming to terms with everything i think yeah um so yeah the 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 positivity which was good to get me through something like that in the beginning but that carried on way too long way too many years um uh which i think we'll we'll touch on a little later as well as far as mental health and whatnot Mm -hmm. um but yeah so it's it's uh that's kind of how it all blossomed and and Came back down to Delray after two and a half months there. And
1: I feel like that's not, I feel like that's not a long time.
2: It really isn't. Like two and, it's and a half things. months
1: like that. I feel like that's quick.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty much like they, te- like I said, they teach you everything you need to know. Yeah.
1: And then I they kind of just send had, you on your merry way.
2: Right. We had like, a, I think one week they have an apartment set up there for you and your family that's like still on site, but they, let you stay there for a week and it's as if you know you were sent home like if oh, you need okay. something if you need something they're still there um but yeah so we did that for like a week and then yeah, it's, you're pretty much like go home good luck like you know you're, you're pretty much on your own i guess you know like they're still there you can call people and whatnot yeah um but yeah then you just got to start figuring it out and living which is pretty wild
1: yeah, that is wild. Yeah, I can I cannot imagine. That is intense.
2: Pretty intense. Luckily, luckily, I have a great family and great support system. Who, yeah, right off of the bat, were there the whole time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <clears throat> so that also didn't allow me to get into like a I'm lonely, I'm depressed yeah. type of type of mood.
1: Yeah, because
2: um, there are a, a lot of people who don't have anybody or they've just thought about
0: that they just have like their
2: mom or their dad or like a girlfriend or their husband and Mm -hmm. a lot of people if they are in a relationship unfortunately a lot of people do like the relationship has ended and then they're even more on their own yeah because the spouse didn't quote-unquote sign up for this or whatever which sucks but um yeah I mean it's huge it's huge it affects anybody who's involved in your life so you know obviously some people can't take that
1: yeah i've thought about that before um just in you know meeting cole and stuff like that because again i hadn't met anybody um i don't think there was anybody in my life other than elderly people who were just old you know and can no longer like need a walker or need like other than that i had never met anybody in a wheelchair and so once i met cole or whatever and started you know hanging out and working with them a little bit it, and their mission to like spread wheelchair accessibility, awareness and stuff like that. It changed my perspective on everything. Everywhere I go now, I think like, Oh, could Cole get in here? And now you too. I'm like, could Cole or Cruz get in here? Like, what is like the different? like I I truly seriously think about that because of, yeah. because of knowing them and, and things like that. And, and I've thought about that too. I, cause both of y'all have amazing families from what it seems. And I, and I, often think about that i'm like wow there are people who really I don't, like what do they i don't know what they would do i don't know what i would do like I, I really i i'm like wow i don't know i just it's it's mind-blowing
2: yeah a lot of a lot of people end up like just in nursing homes and literally just like bed bound like all the time and just laying in bed which yeah. is no way to live unfortunately um, yeah but that's that pretty awesome that that you know you think that way now because oh yeah that's that's the goal of like colon charisma's you know channel Mm -hmm. is to raise awareness, change people's perspectives. Yeah. And you know, eventually once enough people see it or realize it, then that's when stuff actually starts changing. So Mm
1: -hmm. pretty awesome. It's amazing. But I wanna know, um I know you you mentioned when you were up in Atlanta, they how the art thing um came about i want to know that because for people listening cruise i'll just let you i'll let you tell it actually right because this is um... amazing because this is kind of when i started (laughs) when i when i first started following you i can't remember if you were already doing it and you'll you'll know your timeline obviously but i was like no way this is insane it's awesome and i want to know about it i want to know if you were into art beforehand or this came about because of your accident i just want to know
2: yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would, the, the only kind of creativity I would do prior to my accident was doodling in my notebook in school when I should have been doing homework or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, not too much art or creativity prior. And then when I was at the Shepherd Center, they just encourage you to like try things and f- figure out if what you can do, if you like doing that, it could, could become a hobby, yada, yada. Um, so I took this art class like twice, and that just kind of opened my eyes to like, okay, I could paint with my mouth. I didn't really enjoy it at the time. Um, and then I think it was like six months after I got home from the hospital. I just didn't have a lot going on. I was bored, mm-hmm. and was like, all right, yeah, let me let me try a painting like whatever. I got nothing else to do. Yeah, And I, I think I did one painting of a sailfish that didn't come out that good. My second painting was do you the still Mahi have Mahi. It? That's, I do. Yeah. Nice. My second painting was the Mahi Mahi. That's kind of like my staple, like the OG Mahi. Is... That
1: was your second painting ever? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I know exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah.
2: And that's so, yeah, crazy. My, my, my parents and everybody around me was like pretty stoked on how it came out. My mom started printing it on apparel as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just kind of how that was born and when and, was
1: this oh you said six months after
2: yeah six months after the action oh, so, so you've like, been
1: painting for a while
2: yeah but i was that was the next thing i was gonna say i did those two and then i didn't paint again for like two years
1: interesting why and,
2: and i don't know it just it still wasn't like a, oh i love this like, oh, okay. this is fun it was just kind of a something that i did like mm-hmm. that day it was like yeah let me try painting today yeah um yeah so it was like a i think pretty close to two years I did another painting or two and then again didn't do anything for another year or two and then again didn't do anything for another year or two and then probably four years or so ago I started taking it more serious was like all right maybe I can kind of make this into a brand and like Mm -hmm. this could this could be my shtick or something yeah um so yeah I got more into it started doing more started posting more creating more apparel got a pretty legit website set up mm-hmm. and uh yeah so it's still you know it's still small time business stuff it's not like blown up by any means but it's yeah. just a little side hustle where i can make some cash and raise some money yeah yeah
1: that's awesome so are you raising money for a cause what's the or is this a, a, a i don't want to say just a business because that's not what i mean by that but you said your mom originally started printing them as a fundraiser
2: yeah so now it is initially it was yeah just a complete fundraiser but now it's more of like a business where uh you know mainly just raising money for when i'm it. Mm, um
0: mm -hmm.
2: we have an annual fundraiser called the cruiser palooza which
0: has has
2: grown my cousin started it like two months after my accident in her front yard Okay. and there was like 300 people came out and we raised like 40 grand in one night wait what yeah
1: and you're raising nuts. money for what
2: so that was for like physical therapy and stuff like that
1: okay the cruiser palooza um,
2: cruiser palooza yeah. cruiser
1: palooza oh my gosh so that was still years ago you're 19 still right yeah, yeah. okay and you do yeah, that,
2: that every year two months two months after yeah so we just we had to postpone the last two because of COVID. COVID. Okay. So but you've done our, it our every year one, since. Our last one was 2019. I believe that was the 12th annual. Wow. And it grew to our third venue, which is like the largest outside auditorium venue in Delray Beach. And we had like almost 1,500 people come out and we what? raised like over hundred grand.
1: Oh my gosh! I did not yeah. know that either. No? Well, yeah, I guess yeah, because sweet. I probably have started following you in the past two years or so. Yeah. And that would be the COVID, so yeah, I haven't seen that. That's amazing. Are there plans yeah. for another one coming up, or uh, are we still waiting yeah. on COVID?
2: I mean, still tentatively with COVID, but we do have something planned for April 16th this year. This so year? hopefully, hopefully that will work out, and we won't have to cancel it again. Um, So yeah, that's the plan as of now.
1: Wow. That's awesome.
2: Pretty sweet. And actually that that last year, the largest one we had in 2019 was the first year because it was so large that I was able to take a portion and donate it to the Christopher and Dana Reeves foundation. So the first one that didn't strictly benefit me, I was able to, you know, start um, branching out and donating to other people who could, uh, benefit from it
1: and what's the um that foundation you said christopher and diana
2: christopher and dana reeves so dana. that's um christopher reeves is the gentleman who played the original superman and he broke his neck i believe in like a horse riding accident many many years oh, ago yeah yeah he actually just passed away a couple of years ago but he was like the face of spinal cord injuries for a long time okay so they're like a super well-known spinal cord research and development, um, like nonprofit.
1: Okay. Wow. So, that's awesome.
2: So that's the goal nice. moving forward is to be able to do more of that and donate to people who like, yeah. you know, cause it's not specifically for me now. So it's, it's gotten to that point where I'm able to help other people, which is pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. I love that. Thank you.
2: It's another example of the support that I have that I'm lucky enough yeah. to have in, in the community like Delray Beach, Boynton Beach, Boca Raton, which are the surrounding cities. Mm-hmm. Whether it's friends of friends who know me or just friends or people, we've been lucky enough to have them. A couple of the venues are like super local, fairly well-known. So yeah. just random people coming by. Um, but yeah, just the fact that I've had... For the last 12 13 years thousands, literally thousands of people just like jumping on the cause and just helping out whether it's donating or their yeah. time or their money or goods to, for auction items it's it's really
1: do you auction pretty, off pretty your,
2: mind-boggling
1: yeah that is do you auction off your artwork at these things or what kinds of things are people other than just uh, donating in general but
2: so my like original artwork, no, but I've done every year we do a custom surfboard with a local surf shop and they print nice. some sort of my art on the board and then okay. we do like a, li- a live auction for the board. And it usually goes, I think we've had boards go from like 1300 to like $5,500. Wow. Yeah. Along with a couple other items like Costa Rica trip, um, a cruise, Uh, And then a bunch of like little restaurant items and spa stuff. Yeah, from local places. Um, Yeah, but it's 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 insane. I
1: want to go to this.
2: You you should. I know. Maybe not this year. This year is probably not going to be like we're transitioning back into it. So I don't know how well this one's going to go. But um, yeah, future ones definitely you should definitely make a trip.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That is sick. Yeah. Wow. So art really became. Like what you do full time now, pretty much, right? Pretty
2: or- much, yeah. That's yeah. A, I wouldn't call it a career yet, but
0: yeah,
2: I definitely am am in the space of trying to make it a career and doing it more full time. Yeah, Colin Griswold made it down for one Balooza. Really? I think that was the, the first time we we met in person.
1: Heck yeah!
2: Yeah, I have to go with them.
1: We'll come. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go with That'd them.
2: That'd be epic. That'd be so That'd fun. Be Oh my
1: gosh. I kind of want to get on the topic of mental health. I definitely seen you post um, mental health awareness or mental health things. I kind of want to dive into that. That's the topic of conversation I would love to have um, yeah, with you just because I think you have a very unique perspective on it and just with everything of that is your life. I'm
2: just curious. Let's uh, let's dive in with you first. What's with your. With me? Yeah.
1: On what mental health. Yeah. It's um, it's been interesting because it's not really anything I ever thought of. Like I feel like throughout like high school and college and everything, I never prioritized mental health and I never really, I mean, I feel it's more of a topic of conversation nowadays. And I don't know if that has to do with just the world being progressive or the fact that maybe as we become adults, this is more of a conversation that we have kind of thing. I'm right. not sure, you know, I think it's both really, but yeah, I agree. Um, as far as, Personally, I think that my breakup really is what made me understand and, um, start addressing mental health issues because I was, you know, in college working in a relationship, having a blast, like everything was fine and dandy in life for the most part. And then when that happened and I moved out here, I was alone for the most part. I mean, I had friends, but I was like alone, obviously just lost a person I was with for three and a half, four years, whatever. And now I'm in a new state figuring out if I stay, if I go like a lot of new things for, I was what, 25, I think at the time, newly 25. And for me, if I could pinpoint a time when that kind of shifted, it would be around that time where I finally like understood anxiety and understood, um, depression. I remember, I don't know if I ever said this specifically in my podcast, but, um, I had a lot of like realizations at that time on mental health. And I was like, wow, like I never honestly in my life before, or if I did have anxiety, it wasn't something that I was aware of, of that, that that's what it was. I was like, oh, I'm stressed or, oh, I'm right. I would come up with anything else. I never really like grasped the concept of it. And my friends would always talk about it. And they'd be like, wow, like this situation gives me a lot of anxiety. And I remember being so not understanding during that time and I'd be like why like what's wrong like I'm not understanding what the issue is here like I can't grasp it and then when this event happened in my life it all switched and I was like okay like this is what people talk about and this is not not cool and I don't want any part of it and and it was a huge eye-opener for me and then so I would say like since then that's kind of the switch that went off for me because I Not only experienced it for myself, but it gave me more of the sense of understanding other people, which was huge and which was needed to happen for me because I was very, I had no like emotion. Like I remember I would literally look at my roommate and be like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, which is not the way to approach it at all, obviously, because she's like, if I could change it, I would like, hello. And I was just like, had no sympathy or empathy or anything towards it because I couldn't understand it. And You know, so that was like a huge, huge thing for me. And then ever since then, and again, this goes with the, maybe we're getting older and this is a topic of conversation that we engage in, but the people that I've met, it's become topic of conversation on mental health. And there are, you know, there's so much being talked about in the social media world on mental health and there's a lot of awareness being brought to it. And then, so I would say within the past couple of years, it's become something that i'm like aware of and that i focus on i guess in a way and that's kind of my relationship with it
2: but and your breakup was what how many years ago
1: was in fall of 19 2019
2: and you had already you had moved out there for the relationship you moved out right after
1: i moved out for it i graduated college i was we were dating throughout college and we were just doing distance and i would spend my like summers and my breaks Um, from college either out here or he was also from the east coast so either he would come over there during breaks um so we did that portion for like majority of our relationship because i moved i graduated in may and then i moved we were together all summer but i didn't we were traveling and doing a bunch of other stuff weddings and whatnot um and then i was out in hawaii full-time starting in august of 19 and then we broke up in september oh wow so yeah so being here was short-lived as a couple. So that was also, it was all brand new. I had just moved here. I didn't have a job yet. I had a house obviously. Cause um, where he lived was like with my like really good friend from high school and her boyfriend. So it's not like I was like out on my own like that. I had like a home, but, um, but yeah, that was what really kind of catapulted that mental health aspect because I was like this is not cool <laughs> this right. is not fun I don't want any part of this what do I do and yeah, then, yeah. so that's kind of where that all started
2: damn that's uh unfortunately it takes for most people something like that happening to like yeah. to grasp the mental health and to change their perspective on just a lot of things Mm
1: -hmm. oh absolutely Uh,
2: yeah but i mean that's good that you had the awareness to to start diving into it though
3: yeah and And like figure it out
1: not to get like super i can't remember if i mentioned this in one of my in a podcast episode um before but i like vividly remember one time like because I, I and I talk about it, and I definitely talk about this part of my podcast of like my dark days of like after the breakup for the next like five or six months. A lot of it's foggy for me, um, just because I was doing a lot of extracurriculars trying to like use that as a bandaid on a wound and rather than like sit and address it. And I remember specifically, like one time literally laying in bed and being like, "Wow, I have never experienced depression before. I've never had an ounce of these feelings ever before. And I wasn't like, I don't know how to really talk about this because it's so awkward, but (laughs) I'm like, I would never like hurt myself. It wasn't like that kind of thing. I never had like suicidal like thoughts. You know, I was, I was of course like, wow, I really want to turn this off. This suck. How do I just not? And I specifically remember, I I will never forget this feeling in my life of when I finally understood depression and how um, the weight of it, I I can understand why someone- would want would go through with it and turn it off because what you're going through is so heavy Mm -hmm. I can understand it now whereas before I was always the kind of person of being like that's so selfish how could you do that to your family like no like this is an illness and this is like a very serious thing that you know it's it's not I mean a joke obviously it's not a joke it's I for the first time in my life I can totally get why someone would be like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I can't do it. I'm just make it stop kind of thing. And and understanding that. And ever since then it's definitely a switch. I've been getting more into like the mental health conversations with people. And you know, I want to like spread awareness and I want it to be an easier topic of conversation because people find it really hard to, you know, dive into that. And it's awkward yeah. sometimes. And it's, you know, and if it people like awkward. I still meet people today that are like i was before i experienced the the tra- traumatic like events of my life so you know when i meet them it's super interesting because i'm like they're like i don't experience anxiety i don't experience this so like it's hard for me to relate but like i can sympathize with you blah 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 you know right and i yeah it's just very interesting
2: they just haven't had their moment yet
1: yeah exactly
2: well yeah i've had this kind of like you just said i've had the same where it's it's popped in my head and i've thought about the scenario but like you know i've not been to the point where i'm like all right yeah this is something i want to do Mm -hmm. Um, but also like you said totally understand people who do have that thought and go through with it because again if you don't have a support system or like friends or people that kind of help you out of it or be like yo it's okay like i understand talk to me about it then you're just so alone that like there is no end there's no light at the end of the tunnel Mm-hmm. and yeah I unfortunately that's what a lot of people have to go through
1: yeah better days are to come and like that's something that I always latch onto. and I literally like it sounds so cliche hallmark of it be like oh light at the end of the tunnel everything will be fine like you know just stupid like that but you're like when you right. really think about it you're like because I remember I remember specifically through that breakup and like I journal my whole like my whole life is documented pretty much so I can literally go back to specific times and being like the thing that is keeping me sane even when i'm not very sane right now is the fact that like one day i'll wake up i will not feel this way anymore happy to report that that day obviously came for me but yeah. it's it's hard it's really hard and it's it's rough
2: yeah when i dove in to the mental health stuff was just after covid started i had this chick who was working with me like Monday through Friday, She's kind of like my left and right hand. Yeah. Can and, I pause uh, you for one moment to ask yeah, you a question? Yeah.
1: So when your accident happened, you're 19 years old. Was there any support in the mental health realm, like for you? Like obviously, this is like a huge thing where your entire life just changed. Like in my opinion, I would think that there, or I would hope that there would be somebody there to kind of like coach you through like thoughts and things that might like just like a like just as you have a physical therapist or right. like a speech everything that you mentioned was there anybody for the mental health aspect because that's like
3: yeah obviously huge
2: there was at okay same at at shepherd centers they set you up with like a i guess just a a therapist or a psychiatrist or something okay and i think i only had like two sessions with them and i was still in that early of like denial like i did not want to talk to this person yeah like there's nothing wrong like i'm all good this fucking sucks, but, like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to talk to you. Like, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. But, yeah, definitely just straight denial. So I think I only had, like, two sessions, and I told them, like, I didn't want to do it anymore. It was uncomfortable. Like, I had never spoken to somebody like that before. Yeah, and, and you're 19 like,
1: years old. You're like,
2: what? Right. Total pushback mode of, like, fuck this. I don't need this. Um, so, yeah, they tried. And then that tra- will transition into this one. Right Mm -hmm. after COVID, um, the chick who was working for me, who I was like really good friends with, uh, her grandfather passed away. So she flew up to New York for a couple of months. I was actually dealing with a pressure sore. So I was bed bound for a month and a half or something, like pretty much barely getting out of bed at all. And COVID was going on. I was very isolated from my friends. I had a pretty large friend group that I would talk to and at least see on a regular basis and like all of that went away and I was so isolated and I remember just like you said I was lying in bed one day and I was just like holy shit like I need to talk to somebody like I need some help right now mm-hmm. um, so I reached out to a couple of therapists luckily the second one I reached out to had a great connection with and just started talking with her like twice a week for quite a few months and then down to like once a week and at this point we talk like once every couple of weeks um but yeah that just like therapy is phenomenal just to have somebody to talk to there's no judgment if like you got to find the right one of course Mm -hmm. but yeah just that conversation of not having to worry about you know like if you talk to your friends like your friends could be some of your the best people in your life but still Mm -hmm. trying to have a super deep and in-depth conversation about something like mental health that they may not deal with Mm -hmm. or understand kind of like you said yeah it's just it's not the same like they're not going to be there for you how you need somebody to be there for you Mm -hmm. and the therapist just really did that um so yeah that was like huge for me that really started turning my mental health around and I was just understanding myself and my mind more and kind of how to navigate my mind and the thoughts I was having, whether they were good or bad or yeah. highs or lows. Um yeah, and so that was hugely beneficial. And I would recommend a therapist for everybody, whether you are going through tough stuff at the at the moment or you're not, like you think you're good, like everybody's dealing with something, whether they're pushing it down to get away from it and not deal with it, which mm-hmm. is what I did for many, many years. Yeah. Um, or not, like if you're just open to the process of talking to somebody, it will Mm -hmm. severely help you.
1: Yeah. I, um, I have yet to, uh, talk to a therapist. I am big, um, on encouraging it, you know, I'm always like, yeah, but I think where I struggle with that is, well, like we mentioned, or like you mentioned, we, I have Haley, my roommate, Barney, who's been on the show before, like we, I feel like she's my therapist, but um, Mm -hmm. we, we chat a lot and everything. And I do personally want to get into therapy, but I'm still one of those people at that, um, at that stage where I know for a fact, it'll be beneficial. I agree that it should be something I put into my life, but at this moment in my life, a it's an expense that I'm not 100% sure I'm willing to like commit to kind of right, yeah. Um, that being like first and foremost and two it's my own battle with um my own mind of being like there's some stuff that um we're gonna tackle that like I'm not really ready to confront or like address kind right. of because um, a lot of my I feel like and I'm learning a lot about myself recently through like certain books that I'm reading and certain podcasts that I listen to and X, Y, and Z, but I'm not willing to, I know that there's some like childhood trauma and that's another topic that I'll get into like on my podcast, but that is some stuff that like I'm not willing to address right now. I know it's there and I know it needs to be, and we're working on it, but right. I always mention how like this podcast is my therapy. Cause I mean, talk therapy is a thing and I get into conversations with people all the time, but you know, and so that's like coming from a person who like, yes, let like, I agree with it. I think everyone should do it. And yet I'm one of the ones sitting here being like, but I don't do it yet. But, you know, right. But <laughs> so. well, you
2: also you have the awareness and you're also doing you're doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's with a therapist or not, and yeah. your friend or whatnot. At least you're not just like in straight mm-hmm. denial, stiff arm. I was. Though. Yeah,
1: yeah. For for a long time, I was. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. Yeah. Let's not talk about this. Let's not address this. But
2: I also think for females, you know, that it's it's much easier for females to have conversations like this. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, with with each other. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the boys, it's just the boys. Like, Mm -hmm. I just saw some stand-up comic talking about it the other day. He's like, yeah, you know, I just got into therapy. You know, it's kind of frowned upon. Like, guys are supposed to be the man mm-hmm. you know you try to like talk to your friend like yo, I'm having like some anxiety I'm feeling pretty depressed and they'll be mm-hmm. like bro stop being a bitch like you know yeah but it's, it's it's true but it's like it's kind of sad because that can be the one thing that turns somebody off and mm-hmm. sends them over the deep end like all right I really don't have anybody I can talk to yeah a
1: hundred percent
2: yeah so that's uh
1: men are supposed to be the strong ones right (laughs) the mentally and yeah and just like they don't need help yeah it's terrible
2: that has uh that has shrunk my friend group through all through covid and what mental health topics yeah so not as much like just trying to talk to them about it but just all the realizations that i've had through the journey Mm -hmm. and like realizing. It, it, it became quite apparent to me that I was not my own person. I did not know who I was. I was a people pleaser and just trying to like, you know, it's easy for people to like in my position to feel like a burden to their friends. Cause mm. I need, I need so much help here and there.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: eventually you become a burden, you know, and if they're not like really good friends, they will start to, you know, fade out a little bit and not mm-hmm. hit you up as much or whatever. Um, and so I was always in a state of just trying to people-please and, like, do what I could to, like, like not be a burden and, like, yeah. go above, above and beyond to, like, make sure they were happy so that they wouldn't stop wanting to hang out with me or, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, and then going through, like, talking to this therapist was just, like, people-pleasing is so unhealthy because you're not – you need to be selfish at times and, like, take yep. care of yourself and be – who you need to be and what you need to be and that required me to like take a step back from all these people that i was trying to keep around me because i i wanted friends and i didn't yeah. want to like have a, a smaller group of people and uh yeah so i just had to kind of take a step back and when i stopped reaching out to certain people or whatever you know things they you know stopped relationships you learn real away. quick yeah exactly which you know it hurts when you're going through it because i felt like the bad one because i wasn't doing what i had been doing for so many years to keep the relationship afloat or whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah it hurt going through but now i'm at a place where it's like this is what i needed to do for myself and my own health and like to figure out who i was i needed this space to be able to sit with myself and my mind to be like all right i don't like i don't you guys are not helping this journey mm-hmm. for me you guys are on a different your own journey and you're not if, whether it's mental health or not like we just don't vibe like we used to and that's all right but yeah i gotta i gotta kind of like set some boundaries here and
1: yeah take, ca- take
2: care of myself oh man my dog just threw up that's disgusting
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right buddy <laughs> Um,
1: that's not funny i shouldn't be laughing i hope he's okay yeah
2: no, he's fine, he's
1: fine.
2: <laughs> um yeah so i'm i'm uh working on one of the biggest projects i'm working on right now is an nft project
1: okay wait i uh, yes is this the money thing or no. is this a new thing okay because i also wanted to ask about that these like new the paintings money. that you've been doing uh-huh. what what are they what are they? Like, I mean, I watched your video, obviously, but is it an awareness thing? Is it a fund? Like, what is it?
2: So a friend of mine, Tyler, who I did both those money pieces with, um, we had the idea to just like he's he's a creative guy and he does art and sketches and stuff, but okay. it's always more of like not like a, uh, a full time hobby for him. Like, it's just very random. Okay. So a couple of, couple of years ago, we were talking about doing a piece together. And we were just trying to think of like something cool we could do that would be different. And we came up with, you know, $2 bills. You don't really see $2 bills very often. What if we created the background for a piece of art with $2 bills? Um, so we agreed that that was a pretty cool idea. We got a shit ton of $2 bills a couple of years ago. And we just never ended up doing anything. We just so
3: this had these is a $2, couple of years $2 the process. bills.
2: Yeah. So we just had these $2 bills sitting around waiting. Um, and then he's been going through the last like six months he's been on the mental health journey as well, like really okay. facing some, some of his demons and like realizing things. He started talking to a therapist and it, he became aware that um, he's had anxiety and depression for like a long time and he just mm-hmm. hasn't been addressing it. Um, so he's been trying to kind of go through the same journey that you and I have just talked about and creativity has been kind of part of that for him yeah so he's been get- getting back into that realm so we connected again on trying to finally do this piece of art um, and yeah we just wanted to semi tie it into like mental health and just like you know like love in general and like what the world needs. Um, so he had the idea that, that we should put a, a heart on these $2 bills. <clears throat> so I painted the heart. He glued the $2 bills to the background. And we epoxied it over the top of it. it came out pretty dope. Got a lot of good feedback on it. And then uh, his parents actually um, saw it and they wanted like a, a large piece. So we did a similar one, okay. four by four feet. Um, I think it was like 700 and something dollars worth of $2 bills and bills. Dang,
1: I know. Yeah. I was curious about that when I watched like the time-lapse video of that. Uh, I was like, I wonder how much money this is right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think it was like $746 or something.
3: Dang. Um,
2: but yeah, so we, and then kind of when out when we were creating the second piece, we started talking about, you know, like what, what could we name this piece and what would be a, I don't know something that would tie in that like maybe made the two dollar bills make sense, um, and we came up with true currency um, because mm. we wrote you know we wrote love or he wrote love all over the bills. I before.
1: love that.
2: Yeah. So it, yeah, it is kind of a message. It's a cool, you know, it's unique. You don't really see two dollar bills in art, yeah, very much. So unique and different, but also yeah, that it's it kind of morphed into this like. True currency, like yeah, you, the the dollars catch your catch your attention, and that's kind of like what you see. Yeah. But then the, the message of it is like, like money is not the true currency of like love. Yeah.
1: Like
2: connection with people is the Damn. true currency of life.
1: Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is because yeah, because I saw your post and I was so curious. And again, you have posted them recently, and we've discussed doing an episode. So I was like. Okay, I'm definitely going to ask about this. But yeah, yeah. that is awesome. I absolutely love that. I don't know if I talked to you about this on I might have messaged you about it, but one of my buddies who I already have one episode with, um I haven't put it out yet. We he's a good friend of mine and he's an amazing creator. He's very very creative person both like music-wise, just idea-wise, all kinds of different things. And Um, Oh, the mental health. Yes. Yes. So I sat down with him. He is getting out of the military moving to LA and starting a clothing brand based off of mental health. That's why I love like what you said about like true currency and that kind of thing, because that's very much like aligns with kind of the point he's getting at. It's kind of a, I don't want to use the word dark, but it kind of is like both dark and light where it's like depicting the harsh realities of mental health behind things. And And creativity is 100% a form of not only therapy, but recovery, creativity and art, not necessarily art, even in the sense of like how you paint or how I write or just creativity in general and what it does for humans. Like as humans, we are meant to be creative and, you know, so I'm pumped for that brand and you will be a very uh, interesting person to collaborate with in that realm because yeah I would love to I feel like those visions align just from that true currency fact in general like I'm sure I'm sure my buddy is gonna love that.
2: Like you said, uh some of his stuff is like the darker side of mm-hmm. mental health. I think that's completely necessary. Yeah. You know to and, like hook people mm-hmm. and like oh shit, yeah, I've I've dealt with that. Yeah. It's not not just like the 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 sunshine side of coming exactly. out of mental health, like you exactly. got to actually get to the root of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Him and I have talked a lot. Um, you know, a lot of the things you see based off of mental health are like a let's be positive, like everything's gonna be great and this too shall pass. There's a lot like yeah. to quote my own self. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's it's gonna mm-hmm. be okay. No, no. And I mentioned it in my, I think my trailer for my podcast, when I was originally launching, I was like, you know what? Sometimes life really fucking sucks and your bandaid of positivity and it's going to be okay. really doesn't mean shit to me right now. And so depict like, I think That's like the main thing of like depicting depicting the harsh realities of it is, you know, we're not going to be a rainbows. I say we, he's not going to be a rainbows and butterflies kind of company. It's going to be like, you look at a piece of art and you're like, oh shit, this is some, some shit, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're, I'm, I'm super pumped for it. I know he's super pumped for it. The idea, we're going to do a podcast episode just specifically on it.
2: Something you said just reminded me of something I heard might have been on a podcast, um, but I've always, not always, I've, I've for a while now referred to myself as being like super empathetic and just kind of being an empath and,
0: yeah.
2: in general. And this dude said something like, there's a, there's a difference between, you know, sometimes somebody needs you to be empathetic. Sometimes you just need to be compassionate. Because Mm. if somebody's going through some shit and you're trying to be empathetic and they're telling you their story and everything they're going through and like just kind of like brain dumping and whatnot, and then you come in and you're like, oh, I totally know what you're talking about. I went through this. Then you're like, Mm -hmm. you're bringing yourself and your problems into their stuff as opposed to just being, if you're just compassionate and you're just there for them and you're like, listen, I understand. I'm here for you. Like, go on. You can talk about it but just how he, how he so simply differentiated being empathetic and just being mm-hmm. compassionate and there for somebody and not just com- like comparing your yourself to that, oh, yeah. your problems to there. It's like, can make a huge difference. So that's yes. something that I've been trying to mm-hmm. remember when I'm in those empathetic moments or like having a conversation with somebody is like, all right, maybe I just need to, I'm not even going to bring up something that I think may be relatable. I'm just going to, just going to be here and I'm going to be compassionate and, and if, if they need me to be empathetic, then that's what I'll be. But
1: a hundred percent power of social media is crazy too, because that's what's really been tackling like mental health and people will be willing to like be vulnerable and like put something out there that's super serious and super intense and wow. And you still get the, you get the support side and then you get the shit side. And it's just, it's very, very interesting to watch.
2: Yeah, it's a weir- we're a- we're in a weird time, transitioning time. You know, that's social media is so good and so bad, mm-hmm. and it's like obviously molding the youth of today, and whether yeah. that's in a good way or a bad way, I think it's just like anything else. There's going to be people who take all the good stuff from it and be- go down this road because of it, and then there's going to be the shit people who go the other way. But yeah, it's you know, it's a, it's a great tool, but it's also Scary and harsh and unfortunate. Yeah. Sometimes, my main project right now is doing a an NFT project.
0: That's
1: right. Yeah, I cut you off completely to talk about the money. You the money certainly thing. Yeah, certainly <laughs> did. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Also, should keep in mind that I literally know nothing of this NFT world. This, okay. all of this stuff is. I people talk about it, post about it all the time, and I just cannot.
2: I would say that the best way to explain it is the art of an nft so like the jpeg image when Mm -hmm. you think of an nft that's what you think of right just like a
1: picture okay digital art yeah
2: that is essentially your for the most part for a lot of these projects that's like your golden ticket if you're charlie and you're trying to go to the chocolate factory and you got your golden ticket so you if you get an, an nft that's your golden ticket to get into this community that nobody else can get into. So once you're, once you're in this community, you get benefits, rewards, like giveaways, stuff like that. And so, you know, if you were to get one of my NFTs, for example, you would get free entry or a free trip to the Palooza. Okay. Which, you know, people who don't have an NFT would not get. Okay. So it's kind of more about the utility behind it as opposed to like just owning this piece of digital art. Gotcha. Well, um, yeah. So my project is called Curious Creatures Collective. Okay. And um, everything is going to be obviously painted by myself, which is going to make it the first to my knowledge, the first mouth painted NFT project ever which is kind of cool if you can say that you're the first to do anything it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. um so yeah excited about that and just the ultimate goal of it is to raise funds and start helping underrepresented artists get into the space whether they have a disability or not okay um so yeah be able to like transition them into the kind of digital nft world um and kind of like provide everything necessary for them fund them with uh you know financially um, help them with marketing help them Mm -hmm. with website everything they need they just focus on their art and we'll do the rest and kind of build their project for them
0: and then release
2: it and hopefully that will allow them to be like become you know self-sustainable and um, have their own presence and there's a lot of money to be made in the space. So yeah. if we can set people up with their own projects where they can make a lot of money and if they have a disability, like I said, there's, uh, earlier, there's so many parameters for people with disabilities if they want to keep their health insurance or their, you know, yeah. their, uh, daily care from caregivers that they mm-hmm. 100% need. Yeah. Um, so if something like this can help them get to a financial, a little more financial freedom where they can, take Mm -hmm. care of themselves or move out of their parents' house or hire the the help that they actually need, then then that's pretty amazing. So that's kind of the goal of this project is to help people like that get into the space, hopefully make some good money and be able to take care of themselves a little better.
1: That's amazing. Wow.
2: Yeah. So that's where most of my time is going these days with my buddy and a small team that we've kind of cultivated and uh, put together. CuriousCreatures.io. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're still getting a lot of things in into place, but um, our release, our drop is going to be April 4th.
1: April 4th. Um, Got yeah.
2: It. So, a cou- couple of months away. Um, let's give it a shot. If we don't, you know, if it's not a success and we don't make money or raise a bunch of money from it, then at least we'll learn more about the space and exactly ho- hopefully be able to benefit from what we've learned, you know, moving forward in the future. I have a question about your podcast equipment. Yes. How did you come across this stuff and how did you know what to purchase?
1: So I got the idea for the podcast. I tell that story of me crying at a stoplight and I was like, okay, I'm the kind of person that if I tell like one, if I tell more than one person that I'm starting a podcast, like I'm going to have to do it. I'm going to a hundred percent. Cause now I've said it and I, that's right. just, How I am. So I YouTube Googled everything for probably like two weeks, figured it all out, and then I started telling people. And I literally went on Amazon. I typed in, I don't even know if I typed in podcasting. I think I just typed in microphone. I bought this $30 mic and yeah, just Google and Jeffrey Bezos. That's uh yeah, that's how that got started. So I love it. Thirty dollar Amazon microphone and some YouTube. And here we are.
2: Yeah, I love the way I love your approach now. Like you said, just like you said, give up the control. Mm -hmm. however it flows you know just be natural transparent real about it i think that's kind of what people connect with more anyway so
1: exactly and then it's kind of like wherever a conversation leads us because i find my this is part of the reason why i got i guess inspired is the right word to do it this way is because recently i've been having these conversations with people and Mm -hmm. just like out in the backyard or like over whatever you know i get in these conversations and so I'm like, what I need to start doing is when I get in these conversations, is just pulling out the microphone, setting it up, and then continuing on the conversation. Like, okay, I need to like change my approach with this and make it what it is. Yeah. That, or what it should be or what my vision is. And that's what we're doing. So. I'm so happy to finally actually like meet you for real. This is so weird. I literally feel like I know you even from before doing this (laughs) episode. And now I'm like, okay. I even told charisma when I was on the phone, I was like, guess who's coming on my podcast. (laughs) She was Uh, like, no way. And I was like, yeah, I'm real nervous, but here we are. And we did it and I'm hype. And this is just a good example that literally anybody can come on my podcast. It's like, that's so cool. And I appreciate you you doing
0: this
2: for sure. You're very easy to talk to and you're you're, you know down to earth and you're, I think you bring a good uh, a good energy and bring a good energy out of whoever you're uh, interviewing. So.
1: Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks.
2: Life is about connection like this, you know, like Liz just said, we, she felt like she kind of knew me just through Instagram. um, And it blossomed into this, you know, friendship that, you know, perhaps we'll do more podcasts or whatever it may be, meet up in the future. But like, life's about connecting it's about being kind to people and just being able to relate and like understand and be empathetic and compassionate and like if everybody could do that in the world it would be such such a a more beautiful place and like
1: absolutely Mm -hmm. there's
2: no room for all the hate and all the bs and the politics and the news and all this shit that goes on in the world so just like i don't know, just connect with people and just try to be real and like understand everybody's going through their own shit and Once you can do that, then I think you can understand and and that connection will be much more organic and real and authentic. And and I think that's Mm -hmm. what the world kind of needs.
1: I love that. Thank you, Cruz. I appreciate you so much. You are
2: welcome.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies